I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to have you join me. I got kind of worked up about that $600 thing in that last segment. Uh, it's big stuff. It's big, important uh, stuff. And it calls on a lot of the fundamental truths and realities of the, the challenge that we're facing right now. And uh, the, the realities of, of spending and deficit and self-reliance. And uh, anyway, I, I could talk for a long time about that. And if you have any thoughts, I'd be anxious to hear from you. The uh, Utah Community Credit Union text line is 575 575- Zero zero five seven five zero zero. I need to move on to other topics, but I am uh, very anxious to hear what you think. Uh, should that amount continue? Should it halt altogether? Or should, as you heard Mitt Romney predict, uh, should there be a lesser amount of unemployment insurance money to come from the federal government? Whatever the case is, five seven five zero zero. Let me know what you think. Right now, though. <clears throat> Honored to be joined by Congressman Ben McAdams, who has announced the, the passing of an amendment prohibiting the funding for uh, nuclear weapons testing here in the United States, an effort which has been underway for a long, long time uh, and has been debated back and forth. Uh, it passed on a nearly party-line vote, the, the amendment to the NDAA, and uh, joining me now is the man responsible for that amendment, Congressman Ben McAdams. Sir, how are you? I'm well, Lee. Good, good afternoon. Good to, good to talk with you. Yeah. Uh, it, t- tell me how things uh, shaped up. Uh, were you nervous? Did you know how it would go down? Uh, and what does it mean to have passed this in the House? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a huge step forward. Utah knows, you know, we were devastated from nuclear weapons testing for decades. And, you know, the federal government lied to us. They told us that it was safe, that there would be no harm from, that would come from this testing. And then so many people across our state developed cancer and other issues related to that testing. And so we relied to for years by our federal government. And so when I started hearing talk about resuming nuclear testing, that there was interest in preparing sites for potential tests, you know, I immediately became concerned. And so I started talking to my colleagues about what we might be able to do to limit uh, future testing and to protect people in Utah who were downwinders, who, you know, were uh, – victims of, of previous tests, and we felt that this was an opportunity to, uh, to draw a line and say that we didn't want to see any future testing. And so we got pretty good feedback from people as we were moving it forward. You know, there's a, you know it's, a, it's a complex issue with a lot of history, but, but I felt it was important to draw a line. So we got the amendment, and, uh, and it passed yesterday. So we're happy about that. Next step is the Senate. Uh, it, it passed in the House uh, nearly a party line vote. You think that uh, you think that this this amendment of yours will survive a Senate vote? Well, we're starting to work on that right now and starting conversations with senators. There's there's uh, support in the Senate. I don't know. You know, we'll have to see if it's enough to get it through. 
Uh, part of what we're responding to is there's also an appropriation in the Senate, uh, $10 million to, to start preparing sites for future testing. And so very concerned about, about that appropriation that's trying to tee up more testing as well. So it's really it's, it's focusing the conversation at a critical time where, you know, a lot of people in Utah are worried about the prospect of this testing restarting. And so, you know, the conversation appropriately now moves to the Senate. We're going to be working hard to get it passed. In terms of transparency and technology, we are in a much different world than we were in 1950, 1960, or so I've read. I'm too young to know about that. Come on. Uh, but, but the technology and the transparency is such that uh, you know, we, safety measures may be able to be put in place. And I know this argument is brought up often uh, regarding nuclear testing today. Uh, wh- why why uh, why introduce this amendment? I'm sorry to, to go backwards and get so fundamental on this, but uh, uh, but what what was the driving force? Um, you know, if we are able to overcome the the challenges that uh, and the unfortunate realities uh, that impacted so many of those downwinder families, uh, why, why move forward with this now? Well, I'm I'm not at all convinced that we have overcome some of those risks. In fact, I think you know the bombs have only gotten bigger and the, the desire to test them has only gotten larger. And really worried about what impact that might have on the state. You know, there are things we can do today that my bill would not prohibit, and that is computer modeling of testing. I think it's important that we continue to certify the safety and effectiveness of our current weapons, which my bill doesn't prohibit. And, you know, we can maintain our national security by doing that without putting future Utahns' lives at risk. All right, very good. Uh, Congressman McAdams, I'm grateful to you for your time. Congratulations on this victory. Uh, it's historic stuff. I mean, this reaches back, uh, you know, decades uh, since the last test here, and this debate has been uh, waging on since then. In fact, it was an agreement uh, entered into by the U.S. government that halted the testing that was taking place in 1992. Uh, Congressman McAdams, yeah. thanks again. All right, thanks, Lee. All right, very good. Uh, before we go to break, I want to share with you something which took place in the Marriott Library at the University of Utah back in 2017. There was a conversation uh, where a number of individuals shared their experience and the impact on their families uh, by being essentially these downwinder families. Specifically, Fred Esplin is the Vice President of University Relations at the University of Utah, and he shared some of his experiences, some of his observations on growing up in Cedar City and the impacts of being a downwinder and the impacts that being a downwinder had on his family. Here's uh, Fred Esplin. You know, as a young person, you know, I didn't think much about it at the time other than you knew those tests were going on, you heard about it. And, and as I got older, I talked to my folks and asked them a little bit about it. And I don't think my parents ever, you know, went up in the hills to where you could actually see the, uh, the clouds or the, the blast. But you knew it was going on. It wasn't until later that you discovered that the fallout from those blasts were, were landing, you know, in your garden, that you were harvesting the corn and the beans and the tomatoes, that were landing on the alfalfa, that you were feeding the milk cows, that you were drinking the milk, that were landing on the rangeland that the livestock were grazing on, that you ate. It wasn't until later you, you knew anything about that. It, it, at the time, and again, I was just a child, but even, even as I got older, it, was, it seemed like the right thing to do. You had to prepare, and you, you know, the above ground, below ground, it, it wasn't an issue. You tested it. And uh, it, it really wasn't until later 
but I think the, the, the risks really came to light and you understood the implications of what was going on. But at the time, certainly the, the feeling was that um, it, was, it was appropriate and necessary. There is an archive of conversations just like this. Producer Amy dug this up this morning. It's fascinating uh, accounts of the experiences and the observations, and in some cases, the tragic impact of uh, this, this testing on families that lived downwind from the fallout of these nuclear blasts. Uh, in fact, one such individual, former Governor Scott Matheson, his cancer was blamed on living downwind from the Nevada test site where atomic tests were conducted in the 50s and 60s. His son, Jim Matheson, would become a member of Congress, as you well know, and for many years he would attempt to introduce amendments just like the one uh, which has been introduced by Representative Ben McAdams. We're going to take a break in just a moment, and when we come back, we'll be joined by former Utah Representative Jim Matheson. He's currently the CEO for National Rural Electric Cooperative Association. We're going to talk to him about what the passage in the House of this amendment means to him and to his family and why it is more than uh, just a public matter but also a personal matter. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. 136 is the KSL News Time. We've been discussing uh, a piece of legislation, an amendment, which has been introduced by Representative Ben McAdams. Uh, it was an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act. That is the big uh, Pentagon spending bill that happens each year, which is part of Congress's duty to provide for the common defense. Uh, a very important piece of legislation, and it is always uh, worthy of our attention each year when it comes up because many of the amendments, many of the proposals, many of the uh, spending items have wide-reaching implications, both in terms of our national security and the way we live our lives here uh, in the United States. It's a, it's a remarkably important piece of legislation. In fact, there are staffers uh, working for members of Congress uh, who their sole job is to uh, attend to this one piece of legislation. And this year, uh, there was an amendment which was introduced by Representative Ben McAdams. In fact, on the House floor yesterday, he introduced uh, this amendment this way. Explosive nuclear testing is not necessary to ensure that our stockpile remains safe, and nothing in this amendment would change that. Explosive nuclear testing causes irreparable harm to human health and to our environment and jeopardizes the U.S. leadership role on nuclear non-proliferation. I urge the adoption of my amendment, and I yield back. Ultimately, that amendment did pass. It was mostly a party-line vote, and so uh, the big question next is how will it fare in the Senate? Uh, Representative McAdams, uh, he voiced some optimism as we spoke to him uh, before the commercial break, uh, but there are certain realities that are uh, hard to overcome. So uh, we'll, see. we'll see if his optimism carries the day, if there's reason for that optimism, uh, and time will only tell there. But right now, I want to welcome onto the program another uh, a former member of the uh, House of Representatives, former Utah Representative Jim Matheson, for uh, much of his career in Congress. He worked on this very same issue uh, because, in, in fact, the, the, the issue is, is close to home for him. Uh, Representative Matheson, how are you, sir? I'm well, Lee. It's good to hear from you. It's been a while, so it's good to have a chance to catch up. I know. I apologize. Let's make this more, uh, more, more frequent, will you? Sounds good to me. <laughs> 
Uh, tell me, you, you d- describe your, your efforts on this front during your congressional career. You know, uh, this is an issue that's obviously affected my family in a, in a significant way, my extended family, let alone my own father, who was a downwinder. So this is an issue that's always been important for me, but not just for me, but for so many constituents across Utah who were affected by this. And, uh, you know, my efforts were focused on trying to validate whether it was safe to do this or not. I remember I introduced legislation that said you can't do another nuclear test until you go through a full, basically, environmental impact statement review to assess all the risks, and you got to prove that it's safe. And I'll tell you, uh, the folks who were trying to move ahead with testing didn't like that idea at all because uh, I was pretty sure they weren't going to be able to prove it was safe. Um, it wasn't safe when it was done before. It wasn't safe when it was above ground. It wasn't safe when it was below ground. It's still not safe today. Technology has not advanced to the point where you can be satisfied with the assertions of these uh, of the the, the testers essentially uh, that tests of this nature are safe. Absolutely not. There's they have no justification to even be saying that. In fact, but if if people want to if people want to go down this path, which which I don't think we should have to do, but if people want to go down this path, uh, let's go through the full review. Let's let's have an, a transparent, open public process, and let's assess all the risks of nuclear testing. Uh, the facts will speak for themselves. All right. You are well aware of the system and the process and the situation facing this amendment right now. Uh, what odds do you give its passage in the Senate? Well, I find it really disturbing the Senate has included uh, $10 million in their version of the bill to get sites ready for testing. Uh, that should be a cause for alarm for all of us. This shouldn't be a partisan issue. I was disappointed it was somewhat of a partisan vote in the House. Uh, my gosh, we had the government lie to us here in Utah. Way back when, they told us it was safe. They knew it wasn't. They, they, they actually uh, only did the testing when the wind blew the fallout in the least populated direction, which was southern Utah. And in, in documents that were classified that later uh, were declassified, they, they referred to people living in southern Utah as a low-use segment of our country's population. Uh, now, this, go, this goes back a long ways in terms of the, the abuse of power that the government underwent in terms of lying to us. And uh, the fact that we're, we're talking about initiating testing again, this is beyond the pale. And I don't know how anyone can support doing that. We talked, about, we talked about technology and technology being developed to ensure safety. Uh, you're not yet satisfied with that. How about transparency? Is there anything uh, that gives you comfort in terms of the government being more forthright with information of this nature today? Uh, not really. <laughs> I, 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 this is an area where I still don't trust the way things have gone. Uh, I think that if we want to have transparency and, and people – want to go down what I think is the wrong path of doing the new testing, then let's create a full open process. Let's not tuck $10 million into a defense bill in the Senate and say, let's get the site ready without any process to determine if it's safe or not, without any public effort to really evaluate the risks associated with this. This is this just doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't pass the smell test. And, and particularly for people in Utah with the history. I know some people say, oh, this was so many years ago. It's different now. It ain't different. The same fundamental issues still exist today, um, and I'm nervous about this, that the Senate put that in their bill. Help me with those fundamental issues, because I, I probably, uh, either ignorantly or not, uh, put myself in the category of, hey, you know, t- things are different. We have done some development. What, what are the fundamental risks that still remain? Well, when you detonate a nuclear weapon, it creates fallout. 
That's pretty fundamental. And even when you do it underground, it emits fallout in the year. There is data that demonstrates the underground test did just that. And oh, by the way, while we focus so much on Utah and the folks here, and we should focus on it because we were had so much fallout dumped on us, we also now know much more than we did in the 60s and 70s that this fallout extended far across this country. There were counties in upstate New York that had significant amounts of iodine-138 from the nuclear testing. So this is something that is, uh, uh, travels far and wide. It's lethal. It causes cancer. And why would we want to subject the public to be exposed to that again? That's the fundamental issue. Former Utah Representative Jim Matheson, my guest. Sir, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for your insight on this. And, uh, and should it pass the Senate, why don't you and I uh, connect again and see what the world looks like with, uh, with nuclear testing in our rear view? Thanks. Thanks for highlighting this issue, Lee. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Enjoy the day. Uh, fascinating stuff there. And you know, you, you hear the passion in the voice of the former representative here from Utah, Jim Matheson there. It's because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Jim Matheson lost his father, Governor Scott Matheson, to cancer. And that cancer was attributed uh, to his having lived downwind from the Nevada test site uh, where atomic tests were conducted in the 50s and 60s. And fundamentally, you know, the explanation there is that uh, the technology has not changed, uh, that fallout is fallout, and wherever it should blow, wherever the wind blows it, uh, it will pose a threat to all those who encounter it. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, my guess, if I'm honest, is that uh, there's no chance it passes in the Senate. Yeah, th th there's really no chance. In fact, there's a good chance that we do see, in fact, uh, nuclear testing take place again uh, here in America. Now, how, how do we do it? Is it going to be in the same way as before? Uh, certainly not. I don't believe that's the case. Uh, but there may be some uh, very, very remote areas. Uh, maybe it's in the water. Who knows? Who knows? But there's a Republican in the White House. Republicans control the Senate, and I'm not sure that uh, Democrats in the House would torpedo this NDAA, uh, torpedo, <laughs> to turn a phrase, uh, simply to halt uh, the the testing of nuclear weapons. But we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, that's a lot of speculation. We'll have to find out what actually happens in the United States Senate. And we will follow that closely here on this radio program. Quick break right now. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you something the President of the United States has just handed down uh, just moments ago. It's an executive order, and it has to do with citizenship and the United States Census. We touched on this briefly yesterday. Well, now the President has taken action. I will share with you that action next. On Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.